The following audio is from The Springs Church. More information about The Springs Church is available at thesprings.cc. That was incredible. To hear all of those different voices in different locations coming together to harmonize and sing and to lead us in worship, it was simply amazing. Thank you, Leah Redling, for organizing it and Brent Stafford for editing it. And thank you for all who participated in leading us in worship. Your voices were beautiful. The harmony was a gift. And it allowed us to offer up worship to our God. That's also a tough act to follow, if I'm quite honest. But we live in really tough times. And I want to begin this morning by reflecting on the state of our situation and of the world. Right now, today, there are over 1,700 confirmed cases of coronavirus in Oklahoma. There are 80 deaths so far in Oklahoma. There are 92,000 cases, 92,000 plus cases of coronavirus in the state of New York and 582 deaths up to this point just in New York. Over half a million cases of coronavirus have been confirmed in the United States. And now the United States leads the world with the most deaths at over 19,000. We're approaching 20,000 deaths probably by the end of today. On Friday, Good Friday, was the most deadliest day in the history of coronavirus. In the United States alone, 2,000 people died on Good Friday in a 24-hour period. Throughout the world, there is one over 1.7 million confirmed cases, and there's 105,000 deaths recorded so far, and that number only continues to grow. Right now, our economy also is in a tailspin. Just in the United States, 16, over 16 million people have lost their jobs in the past few weeks. Businesses are closed. The market is down. The future does not look good. And people are being pushed to the brink and they're frustrated and they're stressed. Right now, schools are closed. Plans are put on hold. And we're not sure when things will get back to normal or even what normal will look like in the future. The world isn't right. The future seems perilous. People are sick and people are dying all over the world. It feels as if life is being canceled. And there is this real suffering that is happening in the world around us today. And we are all affected by it one way or another. We are all subjected to frustration. I wanted you to hear those numbers and to hear about the way the world is and to feel some of the weight of that frustration. In order that, in order that we might be able to hear in new ways the words of the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 18. Paul writes, 
I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from the bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we eagerly wait for our adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. For who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not have, we wait for it patiently. God, as always, we give you thanks for your word. Your word is life to us, and so we pray for ears to hear your life, for faith to follow, and that your resurrected life will be proclaimed today. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, the resurrected one. Amen. All of you are in one way or another suffering right now, some more than others, but we're all still experiencing it. Whether it be frustration or stress, worry or depression, isolation or sickness, or just missing life. But Paul says this, that our present sufferings are not comparable to the glory that's going to be revealed in us. In fact, the entire world is suffering right now. And Paul says that it is frustrated and enslaved to decay. And then he goes on to say this. He says, and we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. I find that imagery striking. I find it interesting that Paul uses this imagery of giving birth. We had several experiences, as I'm sure most of you can relate to. When Kim was pregnant, there were several emotions that were going on all at the same time during her pregnancy. In fact, later on when she got into the third trimester and we were getting very close to delivering, any of our children, there was this great expectation that had occurred. I mean, you could start seeing signs of life when the baby inside the womb began to move around. You could see signs of life. When you went to the doctor and you heard the heartbeat, you saw signs of life that were just hidden in the womb. You also were able to see different forms of life. As you got nearer to the time when the baby's going to be born, you begin to see maybe an elbow or a hand pushing against Kim's stomach. And you think, is that a foot? Is that a hand? And you can only begin to imagine what your child is going to look like, what this life is going to be like. Will they have full hair? Will they have no hair? What will their personalities be like? Will they be okay? What will the future hold? 
There's so much energy and excitement in expecting a newborn. And that's part of the imagery that Paul gives. But we also know, or at least we know through our wives, that this imagery of giving birth comes with enormous pain. Every woman who has given birth knows the discomfort, the strain that it puts on the body, and the pain it causes. And so I find it interesting that Paul uses this language of creation being in labor pains. All of creation feels it. I've had this amazing uh, privilege of when we lived in Africa of going on numerous safaris. And one of the most memorable safaris that I went on, I was with um, uh, a mother and a daughter that I took them on safari out in Western Uganda. And one of the most amazing experiences that, that I had was that we drove up on this scene of a uh, 25-foot python that had caught a gazelle and had wrapped it up and was squeezing the life out of this gazelle. Now, on one level, I thought this was completely amazing. I mean, the timing that we got to see this python catch this gazelle and we were watching it make a kill. And it was also disturbing at the same time. It was amazingly disturbing because you're watching this creature, this gazelle, as the life is literally being squeezed from it. There's part of me that wanted to jump down and save the gazelle and save its life, but then I remembered that this is a 25-foot python, so I didn't do that. But I also remembered this, that a python, the python's gotta eat. The python would feel those hunger pains and would potentially starve to death unless it didn't go and hunt and kill. And so it was this incredible experience of watching how the world was and being horrified at it all at the same time. The world is experiencing an enormous amount of pain and expectation all at the same time. I think it's why one of the most compelling metaphors in all of scripture is this picture of a lion and a lamb lying down together. What's compelling about this picture is, is that it offers a view of the world as it will be when God reigns. Because the way the world is now is that the lamb is under constant threat of death. But at the same time, the lion feels the hunger pains and knows that if it doesn't labor to kill, it won't survive. But one day, the lion and the lamb will lie down together. And this is a vision of God's future where there'll be no more hunger pains, no more threats, no more fear, no more death. All creation, every human, today, joins in eager expectations and in labor pains of hope that the bodies, that our bodies will be healed. The whole creation is in labor and in pain, longing for God's new world to be born. 
we experience that as well. Paul says that we groan and sigh as we experience the tension between the promise of God's future and the present reality right now. And this tension is summed up in the fact of God's resurrection spirit that is already at work within us, but has not completed the task of redeeming our bodies just yet. It is the already that God has accomplished, but the not fully yet. And because we are the first fruits as God's children, that we have God's resurrected spirit already working in us, we already feel the signs of life. We already can begin to understand those forms of new life that are ready to burst into the world. And creation, Paul says, is watching. It's looking for signs and forms and trying to imagine the new world that God will bring about. All of creation is waiting for you and I, for all of God's children, to be birthed into a resurrection life. The resurrected life that God prefers right now and the life that God promises in the future. And this is our hope. As Christians on this Easter Sunday, this is our hope. And hope looks a lot like faith because hope is not something that is seen. For Paul says, if you already see it, it's not hope. But nevertheless, even though we can't see the resurrected life fully now, it is certain. I see on the news and on social media pictures of businesses and places all over the world that have signs up on their door that read closed until further notice. And I see memes on social media that say everything is canceled. And the world feels like it has a big sign on its door right now that says canceled. I mean, school is canceled. Events are canceled. Our jobs are canceled. The economy, the economic gains that we've experienced are canceled. Health feels like it's being canceled. Even life itself for so many people is being canceled. And the whole world is subjected to frustration and to the bondage of decay. And it groans in deep pain because everything is canceled. But I also saw this, and you may have seen it too, that even though it says on one meme, everything is canceled, I saw someone write just a week ago or so that hope is not canceled. For when God raises Jesus from the dead, death was canceled. And life was opened up to the entire world. These days, it feels like everything's being canceled. But the one thing that cannot be canceled, the one thing that the whole world is depending on and needs more than anything else, is that hope 
is not canceled and you and I who have the first fruits of God's resurrected spirit, we have a hope that cannot be canceled. For it is in this hope, and this hope being brought out of bondage and decay, out of frustration and uncertainty, out of fear and out of quarantine, out of sickness and out of death, and into the freedom and glory of God's resurrected life that you and I are saved. It is in this hope that you are saved. This is Resurrection Sunday. And we are gathered by God in this hope. And may the hope in his resurrection fill your life and be the life of the world. Amen.